The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Monday, the most important day of the week, and it's October 30th, and today is National Wicked Day. World Audio Drama Day, Rico. National Publicist Day. Drama. Speak Up for Service Day and National Candy Corn Day. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves some candy corn. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. That's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And now we are also streaming to Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and anything else? Am I forgetting anything? No, that's it. And Rumble. That's right. Oh, yes. Yeah. So welcome to everyone joining us from any of those other audience platforms. But kicking it off first, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. The Quasimodo caretaker. The baby Yoda specialist. That's right. It is none other than the dope dad himself. That's right. Little Quasimodo himself. Rico Lamite. <laughs> Young Quasimodo in the place to be. Yeah. All right, Jason. We're gonna kick this party off uh, right because I got a doozy. Oh boy, here we for go. For y'all today. Here we go. Bowie's Schiller Flexner LLP. You know, I know David Bowie's. Some might remember the name as the same Los Angeles based law firm that won an antitrust case in the late 1990s against Microsoft on behalf of the US government. They're also credited for overturning California's same-sex marriage ban in 2013. And for the third act, Boys, Schiller, and Flexner is now representing a group of cannabis companies suing its US, suing the US government in an effort to overturn the federal prohibition for restricting state legal commerce. Do they have a chance? The suit was filed last week against U.S. Attorney uh, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland in a U.S. federal court in Massachusetts, and the list of plaintiffs includes both MSOs, local Massachusetts businesses, and it includes Verano Holdings, Canna Provisions, Wise Acre Farm. Um, where am I? 
uh, and Gyasi Sellers, a black Massachusetts social equity delivery license holder. Interesting. In addition to the plaintiffs, the Sen Wellness, Terrasen Group, uh, uh, Green Thumb Industries, Eminence Capital, and Poseidon Investment uh, Management are all listed as foundational supporters of the suit. A joint statement released by the plaintiffs read that federal recriminalization of safe, regulated, intrastate cannabis legal in 38 states is unconstitutional and unfair to small business. Cannabis businesses are unconstitutionally prevented from obtaining loans and investments, which makes them unable to maintain normal banking relations. They're also subject to discriminatory taxes. The suit argues that many cannabis businesses are suffering. People are losing their jobs and individual wealth is being destroyed. And Verano President Darren Weiss says that they're prepared to bring this case all the way to the Supreme Court. While a similar case was filed in 2005, bullish analysts argue that things are much different back then. Far fewer states um, were allowed medical consumption. None at the time had adult use. Fast forward to 2023, and we've had nearly a decade of safe banking ping-ponged back and forth between the House and Senate. The DEA considered the Department of Health and Human Services rescheduling recommendations recently, and now multiple sources are saying a disheveled Attorney General Merrick Garland's recently been seen in the studio with Dr. Dre working on his own Cole Memo remix. Things have definitely changed. The lawsuit marks the third branch of the federal government considering cannabis reforms, uh, Congress, the White House, and now federal courts. Je uh, Jeffrey's analyst Owen Bennett says that the in the article that the circumstances have now materially changed as Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas in 2021 argued national prohibition may be unconstitutional. With all these bureaucratic stars in alignment, a perfect balanced mix of cannabis MSOs, mom and pops, and the founder of a cannabis courier service who just happens to be a black man, <laughs> all represented <laughs> oh. by the same law firm that, that back in 1990s denied Bill Gates total world domination and in the early 2010s had the governor publicly officiating after twice vetoing same-sex marriage. Real talk. Y'all not in California, look that shit up. It's real. Uh, now, I got to admit, the optics are looking pretty optimal, if you ask me on this one. Uh, does this lawsuit have what it takes to finally federally legalize cannabis in the United States of America? You know what? I don't know. I'm just Rico Lameet, the dopest dad on the street for High Nine News. I want to hear from y'all. What do you think about this one? Are we going to have it? Is it going to go through? You know, you know, it's funny, Rico, because a number of years ago, I had a dinner with, with David Boyce, and we had this exact conversation about doing all of this. So I'm just happy to see him actually getting after it and a company actually funding his efforts to, to, to do this. Do you think that is um it's gonna it's gonna actually pass this time? Do you think the stars the proper well, stars are in alignment? Well, well, if you remember, we've said numerous times. I know Dale has said it numerous times on the show that that he believes that our our, our true pathway to legalization is through the court system, and so 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 this 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 possibly could very well mean something like that. But I think it'll actually happen mm -hmm. through a different court case. But I think I think why he's, not this one? Why not this one? Just uh, it's. I think the merits on the case, just the fact that he's suing the federal government for the illegality of its scheduling. I think I think the government has more tricks up its sleeve than being able to just get one pulled over on him like with those arguments. 
Well, they're calling it unconstitutional, and they said and, that and I, I, I agree with them. I, I agree with them that it is, it is unconstitutional. I totally agree with this thing. I'm just telling you and how things get played out in court. I just kind of see a little possible different outcome. But David Boyce is a very competent lawyer to be able to to argue these points, and so I'm excited to see what he has to say, and I, I can't wait to watch this as this as this proceeds. Fucking dig it. What do y'all think, Yarrow, uh, St. Germain? I keep hearing more and more rumors of Schedule 3, and, and I just wonder... Uh going to be are they going to make a cannabis schedule three but still allow the state exemption what exemption what do you mean like we well we're schedule one one right now and we have the state exemption that if you follow your state laws that uh the dea won't come and crack on you i'm just wondering if that's going to remain the same if they reschedule it no, no. or does it just does no. it just dump everything it over dump, dumps everything over we're all schedule three and and i don't understand all these people that are that are for schedule three how they understand how they're going to be able to get their cannabis because schedule three drugs have to be administered out of a pharmacy just wondering we can oh, just is, growing it in our backyards with, yeah what's what is going on with uh um with uh uh merrick garland and the new updated remixed coal memo what's, I, what's I the think, deal with that i think eric i think eric garland has his hands full with all these uh all, all this all this messaging that chuck grassley came out with on friday about all these fbi informants that have been watching the biden administration for like 40 years <laughs> so separate, what about the uh separate, separate what about the new coal memo? separate from all that I, what i realized as you were reading this article was how how far I have to go and to evolve as a participant in Hyatt Nine News because the way you injected your commentary into the way you read the article, <laughs> I was like, man, I just come up here, I put on the big font on the screen, I read the article, occasionally I might drop a little funny or something in there, but like you did like the like the like the whole memo remix like you brought in that hip-hop jokey jokey that's, over the top that, that, that's why like, he's a dope dad yarrow that's why he's a dope dad all right dope <laughs> yeah. and so so for me I, I i'm just i'm in awe like i don't even know if my commentary is worthy of being on this same show like i really oh, i need to level up beyond worthy the self-reflection here we go thing for me okay <laughs> Here's the thing for me. What are we talking about again? Oh man! Oh, I'm Here just... we go. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is that you know when you look at this states' rights conversation, it's interesting to right. see how the left and the right break apart on states' rights. Like if you talk to someone and they say they're a libertarian, you just gotta dig a little deeper to find out if they're kind of left libertarian or right libertarian. Cause like some right libertarians are like, abortion, that, that should be a state's rights issue. And then some left people are like, cannabis, that should be a state rights. Although you got some right on that as well. Then, you know, so it, it really depends on the issue, right? Here's the thing. The boys in the brief are always hard. It come talking that trash on the courtyard yard. I would never vote against David <laughs> I would never want to be on the other side of a conflict with him. That motherfucker has got a track record of doing shit. He does. I do think that, that, that it's a false paradigm to say, is this going to get worked out in the courts or not, right? That's not the question to be asking. The question to be asking is, will the things that happen in the court move this in a certain direction and provide momentum or pressure 
or an additional front? And I think that's the question. And the answer is obviously yes, right? And so courts have historically been a place to apply some pressure. And so I think that this guy in 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 this venue is going to apply pressure that we will either see directly or indirectly will have uh, tangible effects on on how this thing plays out federally. Well, any thoughts on this, Matthew St. Germain? He's, he's you're still working uh, on your key fob. You're still working on your key fob. Huh? I got I got my key together, man. I'm having a Monday, everybody. Sorry. Let me get let me get back here. I just uh... No, Hi everybody, Matthyu Saint Germain, Hyatt Nine News. You know, you know, you know, Yaro. I thought the question was 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 the, the whole question was to ask not what what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I mean, that guy got his head blown off for saying that. So oh, I'm like more. Man. Oh man! And on that, we're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. <laughs> the control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Except there's a piece of Kennedy that got blown all the way whoa, over there. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 hey, yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa, we, whoa. Hey, we off that. We off that. Coming to the stage so. next. Coming to the stage next on our family program. <laughs> we have yeah. the man known for smoking the best weed in the world. He's blowing smoke in an area close to you these days. Also known for his undying support of, um, you know, people who want the, to undermine the, the government. The greatest president in American history. <laughs> It's neither here nor there. We're going to talk about weed today. Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, you guys. Happy, happy, happy Monday. Man. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, how did I do that? Oh, geez, Louise. How did that happen? Oh, you know what, you guys? I apologize. Hold on. I'm having a malfunction. I, I'm all of a sudden now, I'm having a Monday. Get out of here. <laughs> what is happening? At any point, you can close your eyes and just start your day all over again. Yeah, sorry, guys. I, I need to I, 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 I Just make super... up a story, Jason. No, no, you know what? Here we go. Here we go. Missouri lawmaker calls for an investigation into fraudulent activities in the cannabis program. A St. Louis lawmaker is demanding that Missouri regulators investigate what she called an egregious ex exploitation of social cannabis equity licenses following a report that we actually covered here on high and nine news the independent last week about a company that recruited out-of-state license applicants on craigslist you remember this rico that's right state senator carla may a st louis democrat sent a letter on thursday to the state's division of cannabis regulation and missouri attorney general's andrew bailey demanding action Voter approved the micro-businesses program last November as a provision in the constitutional amendment that legalized adult-use cannabis, and May wrote that the program was intended to rectify past injustices of marijuana criminalization. In a quote, she says, I condemn these actions as an effort, as an affront to the principles that guided the Citizens Initiative, May stated. 
These people of Missouri spoke loud and clear in their support for a fair, inclusive cannabis industry that addresses historical disparities. It is disheartening to see the bad actors attempt to exploit the system for personal gain, undermining the very opportunities we sought to create. May's letter was sent hours after the Independent published a story revealing that the Michigan real estate group Canna Zoned MLS offered to pay eligible people for their to enter lotteries awarding social equity licenses in Illinois and Missouri. But two applicants told the Independent that they didn't realize the company's contracts forced them to relinquish all control and profits of the business, according to an agreement they said they signed. On October 2nd, the state issued 48 licenses <coughs> excuse me, to the winners of the lottery that determined who gets to participate in Missouri's micro-business program. Of the 16 dispensary licenses awarded, the Michigan Group obtained two of them, one in Columbia and another in Arnold. The scheme orchestrated by these uh, uh, applicants potentially involved fraudulent activities, May said, gaming the system to secure licenses through the exploitation of legacy advantages that the ballot language aimed to mitigate. Jeffrey Yadatuma, the designated uh, contract, the designated contact on licenses associated with the Michigan group, told the Independent last week that the group rejects any allegations that we have defrauded the state. Any final agreements with partners in Missouri, he said, will absolutely comply with the state's laws and regulations, they say. In response to May's letter, uh, Mr. Yada Yadatuma told the Independent he stands by his previous statements, uh, basically that the Division of Cannabis Regulation Director Amy Moore responded in May in a letter Friday morning. Moore said the division shares the senator's desire that the program be implemented exactly as designed and that no unscrupulous actors be allowed to subvert the law. In fact, the law itself anticipated the need to investigate whether micro-business licenses were awarded to eligible applications post-licensure, she said, and we currently are conducting that mandated verification process. Moore said the division's post-licensure verification for the 48 license winners will be completed in early December, followed by a public report of the results. If we determine that an application was false or misleading in any way, the license issued based on that application may be revoked, Moore said. The division has broad authority to, 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 conduct to conduct investigations, and under a new rule that went into effect July 30th, the department now has the power to issue subpoenas directly to licensed marijuana businesses and third parties during an investigation to obtain records and information. Applicants and licensees must cooperate in any investigation conducted by the department, the rural state, and in her letter, Morse said that the division uncovers if the division uncovers activity that, if of con that if of concern, but outside our jurisdiction, we will refer that information to the proper authority. Basically, they're saying that they're going to snitch on you. The Attorney General's office, which also received the letter, did not respond to a request for comment after reading the Independence article. State Representative Ashley Bland Monolove, a Kansas City Democrat, called the actions predatory and criminal. And she says, I encourage all states involved to revoke any licenses issued and reissue them to actual residents who qualify, she said. I'd like to see criminal charges for the lawyers who created the contracts and whoever created the Craigslist post for fraud. 
Jack Cardelletti, spokesman of the Missouri Cannabis Trade Organization, said uh, said it's up to the division's verification process to make sure the laws and rules were followed. And Article 14 of the Missouri Constitution entrusts the agency to run its voter-approved program efficient, effectively, he said. And we hope they live up to that. <laughs> well, 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 well. What do you think about all this Missouri going on? And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News Hour. What do y'all think about this? You're on mute, Rico. You're on mute. You're on mute. There you go. No, you're still muted, bro. What are you doing? I can't hear you. Me. There we go. Now I can hey. hear you. There you go. Now we hear you. It's about time, Rico. There we go. Sounds like a lot of misery to me. Um, well, yeah, this is, this is an extension of, of my story last week when they were finessing uh, uh, applicants, uh, uh, equity applicants in uh, uh, on Craigslist. And glad to see they actually got a lawsuit going against Would you call it finessing or isn't it isn't it more like finessed because it's already done? Just saying. Well, they're still doing it. <laughs> they're doing it in <laughs> other states, too. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, what, Michigan? Maryland. No, no, no. Um, I thought it was just Illinois and Missouri, I thought. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a sick bastard, but I like my social equity finessed in any state I'm in. Oh, I bet you do. (laughs) A lot of this just seems like, man, can we just let these people do business, right? Like, it's just amazing the amount of of hoops and bullshit that people are still having to go through a little weird. It's crazy, right? Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, this is, this is capitalism. Mm-hmm. There's American style capitalism and there's always going to be some, some assholes trying to screw over the people who are the most vulnerable. And um, this guy, Yakatuma, whatever his name is, man, like, like he should be banned from the business. He should be banned from the industry, but you know, uh, good luck doing that on a state to state basis. Uh, we don't have any continuity. Uh, going on here i could see him getting shut down in missouri and just continuing to do what he does in in more uh emerging markets you know um there, there there's no uh uniformity in the laws and um and and there's always loopholes too right mm-hmm. so they're not going to close up all these loopholes and, and, and you're gonna have scammers just like this dude and uh these companies do, continuing to do what they do without a doubt america america scammers lots of scammers going on Lots and lots of scammers, man. This 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 story. I mean, do, do, do you really think that they're going to be able to prosecute these guys with this? You hear what the the, the one lady said. We want to. We want these guys to get. We're going to slap on the wrist. They might get a fine. I don't think they're even going to. Well, you know that. what? I don't like, think they're I, even going to get that. I bet yo, you they get their. I bet you they get the licenses. I bet you they get the licenses. They already got the licenses. They're going to come back. They're going to come back and say, "Oh, in our investigative process, we have determined that there was no fraud committed in this," and they're going to get the licenses. I bet you. They already got them. He got like a, I think it was like he got four. Well, they're they're in the in Missouri process, and two in Illinois. Two. They, no, they got two in Missouri. Two. So I do have one practical sort of like thing that. Hold on, hold really on. You revolution. you you and practicality go along together. Is it is this is this what's going on? You're telling me now. It's really revolutionary, right? Like <laughs> for a long time, if you were going to enter into certain contracts and agreements, it was a requirement of that contract or agreement that you actually had it reviewed by an attorney. Like like if a like if a man or woman want to have a premarital agreement, 
there's a requirement that both of those bodies, the both of those people with their bodies, both those people have it reviewed by <laughs> an attorney before they sign it. Sound like and Kelly. if they sign it without reviewing it, having a an attorney review it, like it's not binding on the person who didn't have an attorney review it with them, right? And so like those are things that have been around for decades outside of cannabis. So one of the things that comes up for me is like, you know, we got this thing around these people who sign these contracts and they say they don't understand what they meant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's sour grapes. Maybe they were lazy. Maybe they didn't even read it. Maybe they didn't even take the time to highlight the parts they didn't understand and say, what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe but they like, hired a fake lawyer. Yeah. But so I do think yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I don't like the fake lawyers. I like my lawyers genuine. I always well, check the label. Oh, you know, they got all these, they got these fake always, unions. Like, like Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> those are, those are quality like lawyers like right there. Rip off the side of their hair dye. It's like a thing for me. I just, I, I'm a little superficial. I like my lawyers that are a little more presentable. But I do think that when, when people enter into contracts, it's not a bad thing if it's a pretty important contract to require that both sides actually have a lawyer review it before it's it's binding on either party. It would save a lot of like downstream litigation and oh I didn't understand what that meant or oh I was taken advantage of. Maybe you were, but it, it, if you right. have if, if you're required to have a lawyer review it on your behalf, I think it could save a lot of headache and heartache. But, but Yaro, do you do you expect these the, uh, these people that are signing up? to have the proper legal documentation or representation if they're signing up on Craigslist. Well, they're, they're so signing up, they're selling an ad on, on Craigslist with, with the company saying that yes, they're going to so pay them $2,000 for filling out the application. And if they get the actual license, they're going to receive $20,000. Do you think they're going to read the fine print? No. They're, so, they're, they're looking for casual encounters and <laughs> for, for free pickup so, on whatever they want on Craigslist. And they so just look, happen to, to stumble across social equity licensing. Look, so I think that ideas without resources is a terrible approach to policy. And so it, it's not uncommon for these programs to have a budget for social equity people to have that reviewed. Right. You can build that into your program so that people aren't under-resourced when it comes to understanding complicated legalese or a 36-page document. In terms of what people are looking for on Craigslist, uh, I can't help with that. I like to live a, a racy lifestyle, but the truth is... <laughs> I've never met anybody under a bridge just yet. Um, hey, rest in peace back, uh, rest in peace backpage. Rest in peace backpage. I do think the recipe for social equity applicants not getting taken advantage of does include a mandatory review by an attorney, and there should be funding built into those programs so that people who are under-resourced can still get the quality of counsel before they sign something because a dollar spent on legal on the front end is $10 saved in litigation on the back end. And so lawyers are like cops, right? Nobody appreciates them until you need them. It's better to use them on the front side to avoid problems than it is to call them in later to unravel or fix or solve or, you know, put out the fire that those problems, those avoidable problems uh, created. Agreed. You got, yeah. Think of, think of a lawyer, overseeing your contract it, it doesn't it's not that expensive to get your documentation reviewed on the front end and just consider that an insurance policy well not not, not not to mention with like things, things like chat gpt now too rico well and, like and it just bothers yeah. me because this idea that i signed something that i didn't know what it meant and i was therefore taken advantage of 
while that is common, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, it's a lazy ass approach to adulting for anybody, whether they're sophisticated or not, whether they're experienced or not, whether they were outgunned or not, like read your shit, okay? Like the number of people who don't even pick up a pen and read the contracts that they're gonna sign, like you don't create intergenerational wealth by skipping through the fine print. Tell them, tell them. And it's very hard to, to create intergenerational wealth uh, through cannabis, anyway. Inner? Did you say? Anyway. Did, you, did you say inner? Real estate. You know, real estate. You know, there's there's two sides of this shit, and and I try not to talk too much about the other side, but I think it's very very important uh, that I do. Um, if you're eligible and you see that somebody's gonna pay you, you know, two racks just to sign some paperwork, <laughs> and then if you get the license, it's, it's twenty thousand as well on top of that. That's twenty two thousand dollars that you didn't have before. And um, yes, the license will be more uh, worth more. Yes, it'll be a lot of heartache and pain down those next uh, couple of years of you trying to get up and running. But I mean, is it a good deal to take that twenty two thousand? Just uh, just drop the license and let them have it. I'm never against people taking paper or chips off the table. I don't think everything has to be a home run. You get a couple base hits, that pays for some orthodontics bills and then some. I just think that uh, the, 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 the thing here is that when people sign paperwork, they should understand not what they're taking out of a deal, but what they're inheriting, what obligations, what liabilities. Do they have tax liability to the business? Is the, is the business going to borrow money? Are there personal guarantees involved? Everything looks shiny from afar, but typically there's a reason why contracts are are best executed with counsel side by side to say, what does this mean? What's the downside of this agreement? That's why people, when they get older, they become more financially conservative because life typically has kicked them in the nuts a few times, right? And so being like not just looking at what could go right, but looking at what could go wrong is absolutely the lens of experience. Right. No, no, this is true. It's risk management uh, through and through. Yes. Jason, uh, are you getting finessed over there? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Uh, you know, on that note, we're going to move right on into our next story. All this finessing going on. We're going to roll right into Mr. Yarrow Cooper. And he is a guy from Florida, but he actually lives in Sonoma. And he does cannabis. He does real estate, and every now and again, he puts those two together like a PB&J sandwich and makes cannabis real estate. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. Oh, my goodness. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the beginning of the week. Hi at 9 News viewers. Uh, PB&J. If, if, if my cannabis real estate is a PB&J, it's definitely the kind your mama already took the crust off of. To and cut into little triangles. So are you, it's, are you sure it's, it's not the crustables? Sure, it's not the crustables. It's not. It's not. It's not. So good morning. Good morning. I don't have that in the mix commentary woven in like Rico. So I'm just gonna be like my inferior self this morning. Um, let's get to my article and let's talk a little bit about cannabis real estate. <clears throat> my article this morning. Council approved zoning changes allowing for the sale and delivery of adult use cannabis. In Tuesday's meeting, council approved changes to the city zoning code allowing for expanded retail cannabis sales, finally acknowledging the opportunity it presents to assist in the city's economic recovery. This is here in Santa Monica, California. In the seven hour long meeting that was dominated by a number of undiscussed items brought over the last week, this particular item took 90 minutes incorporating some extensive and on occasion, on occasion extraneous conversation. However, the decision was a unanimous one. 
the first cannabis dispensary opened in the city of Santa Monica back in June, more than a year and a half after the permit was issued in October 2021, six years after the application was requested in December of 2017, and 26 years since medical marijuana was made legal in the state of California. Per the Santa Monica Municipal Code, only two dispensaries are allowed in the city and they are limited to medical use only, which means that consumers will be required to have a doctor's recommendation to purchase products. This item hasn't been discussed in front of city council since the June 13th meeting when A.J. Kulori, HDL's director of cannabis services, a municipal consulting firm that provides guidance on cannabis business regulation, said, quote, Santa Monica's residents therefore can and most certainly do cross city limits to purchase adult use cannabis from L.A. based businesses. During that meeting, the mayor asked, could we allow the two current medical dispensaries to convert to recreational? dispensaries. It was mentioned then that the only existing dispensary in Santa Monica, the local cannabis company, was losing the interest of the majority of walk-in customers who, upon learning that they needed to apply for a medical card, simply leave without purchasing anything. Since we've opened, we've only had about a 20% conversion rate. I think it's closer to 10%, but you can see how far off that is. It's just people not wanting to wait, Aaron Carcillo, CEO of Calix Peak, the parent company of the local cannabis company, told the Daily Press. The request for applications ran from December 2017 to February 2018 and saw over 21 different requests. A second dispensary, Harvest of Santa Monica, which was set to be sited on 1416 Wilshire Boulevard, was also improved in January 2022, but that hasn't materialized yet. Since this vote would allow this second outlet to open, issues pertaining to the proximity to local schools and housing, the danger to children, and even the design of labels was raised. With regard to the second business on Wilshire, it's on the 1400 block, and that is the same 1400 block, actually closer to the front door of Lincoln School than the new store. You have a Rite Aid, you have a Vons that both sell liquor, and they don't have guards like marijuana dispensaries are going to have, said Davis. So if you're worried about children from Lincoln Middle School getting across, getting access to things they don't, they are not of age to have, they can already walk into the Rite Aid or the Vons and attempt to buy liquor. They're going to have to show proof of age at the door of the cannabis dispensary, which they don't have to show at the door of the Rite Aid or the Vons. Council approved changes allowing for adult use cannabis sales and delivery of two medicinal cannabis retailers with active conditional use permits issued before October 10th, 2023, and approval of an interim zoning ordinance that would remove certain requirements and permit retailers within the city to deliver, cultivate, and sell adult use cannabis or cannabis products to persons 21 years of old. All right, I'm going to cut off the rest of this because it's going to get as geeky and as zony as only I would personally enjoy. But I'm going to add a little Rico Dope Dad commentary over the top of this as I end my reading of this article. So I have said for those who've ever cared to bore themselves by listening to me for more than a second, that cannabis ultimately, with the exception of zoning, uh, with the exception of intellectual property or branding, cannabis ultimately is a real estate play. It's a niche of real estate. And at the heart of that is zoning. Zoning is to real estate like the DNA is to an organism. It lets you know what highest and best use is going to be should that organism or should that property be fully developed. And so it's not surprising to me that Santa Monica is going back to the zoning drawing board to try to figure out how to be more uh, receptive and conducive to the businesses that are already there by not limiting them to just medical and allowing them to do adult use. HDL is not my favorite company for consulting to municipalities on cannabis policy, and even HDL is recommending that Santa Monica be a little more inclusive and allow for adult use. It's also really, really telling, and the sad, I can glean the sad little parts of this story out of the article. It talked about the, the number of years 
since adult use had passed in California and then how long it took to get that one permit. And then after that permit was, it took another year and a half to get these stores open. So it was sad to see yet again, another example of the glacial pace of development progress. This is Yarrow Coburn High at Nine News Monday morning. Man, man, oh man. I can't get enough of all these fireworks going on in Matthew St. Germain's background right now. He's getting lit over there. He's having a celebration <laughs> for Santa Monica right now because it sounds like they're going to get some adult use sales going on over there. Or weed for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I'm amazed at how behind the behind the time Santa Monica is, with the exception of the fact that, like, they're one of these uh, municipalities that doesn't really need the money from Kansas. They have uh, resort hotels, four-star hotels. Um, they have some smaller movie and television studios. They have mm -hmm. so much money going in. They really – there's so much access everywhere else. I think they're probably, like uh, – Doing the old NIMBY play, you know, not in my backyard. You want weed, go to Venice, go to mm -hmm. Midtown. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, maybe maybe they need to change their buses from the big blue buses to the big green buses. Maybe that. Or the help. big blue bus is the only bus yeah. I would ever ride in L.A. The rest of them are insane. I mean, I wouldn't even ride the big blue bus. You're, oh, you're, no, the big blue's pretty nice. I mean, you're, you're, you, you like to take a lot of risks, apparently, Matthew St. Germain. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Yarrow? Yeah, you know, we keep seeing this. We keep seeing this all up and down California, where entrenched interests that have old money uh, just barricade and blockade cannabis. We're seeing the same thing happening in Mendocino and Humboldt. You know, all these people are like, why are they shutting down the process in Mendo and Humboldt? Well, here's the reason: the folks who control Mendo and Humboldt and Santa Monica and the majority of the coast of California are mostly people who have inherited those lands from the folks who stole them originally in the 1800s. They don't need cannabis money. They don't need tourism money. They have the money from the real estate, real estate from the land. And they really want all of the hippies out of there so they can really bring it back to how it was before the back to the land movement in the 60s. Same thing goes in just a slightly different fashion for Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Those millionaires and billionaires don't care about weed. They, won't, they don't want us. There. Oh, man. And on that, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Relying on 25 years of commercial hydroponic experience, King Solomon Nutrients has engineered the best liquid and dry fertilizer products for cannabis that preserves the crop, the soil, and the environment. Through relentless passion, research, and innovation, King Solomon has developed simplified cannabis crop nutrition you can trust. It was created for farmers by farmers. Don't mess around. Try the crown. Oh, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure also you subscribe to the channel. If you have not subscribed already, we would appreciate it. And I know you will appreciate it as well. And all the articles, if you want to read them today, you can also go to our website at www.hyatt9news.com. And we'll see you there. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yes. Coming up next, that's right, it's Mr. Fireworks himself. That's right, it's Matthew St. Germain, the immortal count who runs on fire and hot coals and just makes the world look just like his background. Oh, yes, that's right. It is the immortal count himself, Mr. Matthew St. Germain. Hey, thanks, Jason. 
You know, people say you never watch footage you take of fireworks, and so I, I decided to buck that convention and, and show us all what was going down at Burning Man. After the rain and the muds dried up, only the degenerates were left. Mm-hmm. We still had a great time. We burned all the stuff. Everyone that uh, was sitting around. My article. Everyone sitting around. What's that stuck, there? Everyone that was sitting around that was got stuck in the mud, huh? All the people who didn't panic and leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The real degenerates. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Or everyone uh, that my didn't article, pack a shovel. My article, uh, uh, I had summarized today with chat GPT in the, uh, in the spirit of welcoming our new technocratic overlords. Um, I, a couple of my friends and I, we had a talk and we figured if we always say please and thank you to chat GPT that when they take over and enslave us, maybe they'll give us a better gig than most people get. So thank you, chat GPT. An off-duty Alaska airline pilot nearly crashed a goddamn plane and blamed it on mushrooms. This is ridiculous. An off-duty Alaska airlines pilot, Joseph D. Emerson made headlines when he attempted to disable a plane's engines mid-flight and recent revelations have shed light on the bizarre incident. Emerson told investigators that he believed he was in a dreamlike state and had consumed magic mushrooms, now wait for this part, approximately 48 hours before the incident. He'd also been awake for an extended period, exacerbating the situation. In an alarming twist, he tried to cut off the fuel supply to the aircraft's engine while it was en route from Washington State to San Francisco. Fortunately, the quick actions of the aircraft's captain and first officer prevented a catastrophic engine failure. Emerson's behavior escalated as he reached for the fire controls in the cockpit, sparking a confrontation with the pilots. They managed to restrain him before he could pull the handles completely. Emerson's mental state at the time of the incident appears to be a complex interplay of factors. While it's highly unlikely that psilocybin, the active compound in magic mushrooms, would still be in his system 48 hours after use, it wouldn't. Experts suggest that the lingering effects coupled with existing depression and sleep deprivation could have created a perfect storm. This combination might have led to behavioral changes, derealization, which is a sense of detachment from one's surroundings, and even psychotic-like behavior, particularly for someone with pre-existing psychiatric conditions. That's important. Emerson now faces both state and federal charges, including interfering with a flight crew and attempted murder. Authorities believe it was likely a mental health episode rather than an act of terrorism, emphasizing the need for a comprehensive assessment of his psychological state as part of the legal proceedings. Despite this shocking incident, no passengers were harmed. I bet they were freaked out. Thanks to the swift response of the flight crew, everybody was okay, and the airline is reaching out to passengers individually to, expre- uh, to address their experiences and their well-being. Now, it sounds like uh, this was more this gentleman's uh, mental state. And, and one thing I would, I would say, just from my own experience that I've seen, is it's not really the psychedelics that are going to do you. It is sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation is incredibly dangerous. It can cause hallucinations. It can cause all kinds of uh, wackiness with your brain chemicals. And, and apparently it made this dude think he could turn the plane off and everything would be all right. Um, I'm a little bit sad that, that, it's got such, that this article has gotten such major play with the tie to mushrooms where it really hasn't. Uh, the, he, the guy wasn't on mushrooms at the time. But Jason and, uh, and Yara, I would love to hear what you guys have to uh, add to and say about this. This is Matthew St. Germain on a... Frantic ass Monday for the Hyatt Nine. I mean, Matthew, are we just going to call this mushroom madness to correlate with reefer madness? No, no. I think this mushroom wasn't madness. the mushrooms. This dude was a loon. Madness. This thing, this is mushroom <laughs> madness, bro. I can't. Well, it just it just highlights the fact that a lot hours? of people. That's I what mean, I'm saying. Look, a lot of a I lot of people on the one hand and on the other hand. First of all, I need to thank you for your explosive news article it was very illuminating and uh, and 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 i can appreciate it and won the 
smoke clears from your background. Let's talk about that on the one hand and on the other hand, okay? On the one hand, I remember being at Reggae on the River on mushrooms as a young 20-something and watching somebody else on mushrooms decide to jump off a cliff and they didn't do so well because they didn't make the water and it didn't work out so well for them and they died. They died and it ruined my trip, right? So I've always been oh. a little... Uh, res uh, such a Debbie Downer. I've had a healthy fear for for psychedelics and the choices that could be made while on psychedelics. I don't think we can put all plant medicines in the same categories. Go go take Dartura and trip for three days, and then come back to me and tell me if you think it's the same as smoking a little bit of cannabis. Right? Very very different worlds. Very very different impacts. Very very different risks of not being supervised while on a psychedelic journey for lack of a better word right so i you know there's that part the second part of it is i have never in my life heard of anybody who 48 hours after consuming any amount of psilocybin was still under the influence of psilocybin i am not a doctor i don't play one on tv i do play one in the master bedroom thursday nights and sunday thursday evenings at 4 and sunday evenings hey now but, but i just don't I don't buy this defense. Ultimately, everybody is responsible for their own behavior, and I get it. But, you know, I've had some trips, and at no point in any of the trips that I had when I was a wayward youth did I ever think, like, let's kill the jet. Let's kill the engine. Let's, like, those thoughts are not necessarily thoughts that come up for any person who's under the influence of psilocybin, in my opinion. My, 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 my thoughts around that, uh, Yarrow, is is usually I'm ready to tackle whoever is going to try to reach for that door handle or anything else like that. Yeah. Yes, sir. But, and, and here's the thing is... You're taking a heroic dose and trying to act like a hero, and I love that about you. I don't know if I'm going to tackle anybody. I just think as we I will tackle, tackle this them. issue... I'll tackle them. I'll do, I'll do whatever I have to do. I don't care. It's hard for me to think that 48 hours later after someone taking some mushrooms, that that's the reason why they'd want to kill the thing. And, you know, we're, we're oh, it's on you at that point. It's on you, not so, mushrooms. So, so, so question. But, but here's the thing is psychedelics really need to be respected. They're not a lot of pe times people use them as a flippant or kind of a facile party drug. And they really aren't. No, uh, you can you can uh, you can with smaller doses have some fun party times. But you always need to treat these these um these substances with respect they're incredibly powerful and the other thing is there's there's levels and layers of 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 uh um of perspective or or realities that are given to one on on mushrooms and and that's why or for thousands of years there were there were things such as the rituals of elusis or or apprentice journeyman shamanism and curanderismo because oftentimes you, you hear this in all these different allegories like the uh, like in fantasia the sorcerer's apprentice right mm -hmm. there's these levels and layers that one needs to really con uh, cultivate um, themselves and their discipline in order to be able to access without going crazy or doing some dumb shit or doing something that's self-harmful because that's, you can literally yeah, have it revealed to you isn't that well, here's the thing is you can have it revealed to you that that we live in an infinity of all consciousness and all love so on one level nothing actually matters so if that gentleman crashes the plane if you put it against a time scale of the entire universe, it's inconsequential. Nothing happens. At the same time, our 3D reality matters to us and our loved ones. And so we need to kind of scaffold these levels and layers of reality. So we're like, dude, if you crash the plane, you're fucking up a bunch of people's lives and livelihoods. And it, it's, a, it's a horror. And so a lot of this comes back to personal work, need for psychedelic big brothers and sisters and mentoring, need for people with existing psychiatric symptoms to see, seek therapy instead of self-medicating through psychedelics. And it becomes a, a, a much bigger conversation with a lot of nuance.
Is that, is that why they say there's levels to this shit? Straight up, bro. Okay. I mean, look, we're dealing with the tragedies across this country of people with mental health issues who are getting under treatment, yep. non-treatment, where issues and red flags and yellow flags are not being taken seriously. We have a crisis in this country, and just because it doesn't bleed and just because we can't put a Band-Aid on it doesn't mean that we're doing a great job as a society taking care of those who have mental health issues. And across the board, we're seeing that, and we open up the headlines, and if it's not in Maine, it's this one. And so, so... Clearly, clearly, we need to do a better job of taking care of our people and making yes. sure that people's access to mental health services isn't dependent upon how many dineros they got in their wallet. And so yes. like that whole notion that we don't have even access to health care for those who could be turning off the engines to the next airplane is really scary for this country. I think we can do a lot better and I think we can do a lot better much, much more quickly than politicians in Washington would like to drag it out. Right. And so like we have a mental health issue and we see it across the country time and time again, crazy young guys going into schools, shooting up people or fucktards trying to turn off the, the engines to an airplane. We, we, we definitely need to, Think about how we take care of our society because we're not doing it the way we need to. Agreed wholeheartedly. I think that's the biggest thing is we're seeing so many people <laughs> alienated and not not feeling compassion, not feeling a part of society. And when you don't feel society rising up to meet you and embrace you with compassion, then you get self-harm or you get harm for others. And we just continue to see this with guns, with knives, without either, with cars, in all of these... Bears. I mean, fuck the whole so, menagerie of risk factors. You know, the, sir. Yes, you know, sir. The, and so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Yaro, that we really need to reorder our society towards compassion and inclusion of of all members. And let's start it's just looking around. Guided activity that is like like you don't go whitewater rafting on the Colorado without having a, a a guide. You don't go skydiving your third time without having it be a tandem dime. Like if people are gonna be chomping on some chocolate bars and getting their little mushroom thing on like bring a guy bring a friend bring somebody who can hold your hair bring somebody yes. who can keep you from doing the dumb shit that gets you charged and almost killed a bunch of people like literally this article is definitely all about the fuck around and find out but it doesn't need to be that way and people can take mushrooms in a semi-controlled environment with people who are responsible for them if they can't be responsible for themselves so so i have a question I, I i feel like this article was put out by project sam because they actually wouldn't have to change their acronym at all to cover to cover mushrooms it would still be project sam you see what, what is saying? project sam project sam they're the biggest prohibitionist organization in america oh yeah ever heard of them somehow yeah project sam project sam stands for smart approaches to marijuana which also could stand for smart approaches to mushrooms and i'm willing to bet that they're behind this article what do you think about that whether they are or not if as long as the news is accurate the article like this guy created the content and maybe they're amplifying it, but it's a problem. And people on psychedelics deserve to understand the risk factors and have supervised supervision or like guardrails. You know, when you turn 21 and you go to Acapulco with your boys, someone's got to hold your hair because you're going to get too much tequila on you. I mean, the, the mushroom thing, I mean, that's part of the problem with it being underregulated is probably people aren't always sure how much of a dose they're getting. And so, you know, you know what it probably was? You know what it probably was? He probably, this is probably what happened. He drank some mushroom tea, okay? And he didn't finish all of it, you know, so like all that sediment and everything's at the bottom. And then his wife came in or something and poured coffee inside the teacup in the morning and he drank that. And then following day, <laughs> and so and and it just fucking just sent him sent him off the rails while he's off the plane. 
Speaking of off the rails, I want to know how the judging went at the Halloween costume contest. And speaking of judging, like, didn't you just judge not, like a big not, drag? It's not, it's not. It's not. It's not Halloween yet, Yaro. That's Tuesday. That's tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. That try. calendar thing. Yes. I forgot. Yes. But, but check it out. Make sure you come and check us out over in West Hollywood for Halloween 2023. We will be on the block of Robertson de Lapeer for the first ever activation of cannabis legal sales and legal consumption in part of the largest Halloween celebration in America. And on that, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smokey Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, I should smoke. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, man, you guys. All right, I'm going to go into my next story. This may make you guys excited. A Georgia state rep announces a plan to introduce a marijuana legalization bill. Some Atlanta pharmacies will start selling cannabis-infused products to patients to meet a strict set of criteria later this year. But some who could benefit say the red tape has made it impossible to get legally. Led by Democratic State Representative Eric Bell, a coalition aimed at reforming Georgia's weed laws announced at a news conference on Friday that they're taking their fight to the Gold Dome. In a quote, they says, we believe in restorative justice and decriminalization of cannabis in Georgia, said State Representative Bell, announcing plans to introduce a bill reforming the state's weed laws at the start of the next legislative session. Under the state's current law, before the end of the year, qualifying patients can buy low-dose THC oils at some pharmacies. But the new Georgia Protection Action Fund argued the law is way too strict, aiding or adding that anyone else with, with the plant in all but 12 Georgia cities are considered criminals. But that's just 2% of our cities, said Tika Tinsley, an activist in, in favor of Bell's Bills. The other 98% unfairly target black people, even though blacks and whites and other races in our demographic statistic use marijuana at similar rates. A clinical director at a Metro Atlanta methadone clinic said her patients don't qualify under the current law but could benefit tremendously. Individuals that we serve that have successfully refrained from the abuse of illicit opiates now find themselves in the battle with the stigma of THC use, said Jolin Alfred, the clinical director at the 
Lakeland centers. Earlier this year, a bill similar to Bell's went up in smoke in a committee, but the activists said they plan to turn up the heat on lawmakers this session. And they say, we demand expungement for petty marijuana offenses, more opportunities for black Jordans to start medical marijuana businesses, and of course, full legalization of marijuana in Georgia. The coalition has an incredibly uphill battle at the state capitol, especially without bipartisan backing. They would need the support of at least some Georgia Republicans who have been very reluctant to come out in favor of relaxed marijuana laws as of yet, and yada, yada, yada. But what do you guys think about this? Georgia could possibly have adult use. I don't think they're days and months away from this even being a possibility of a reality, but it is a headline today. You guys silent crickets on this, huh? Seeing regressive right-wing Christianity continue to hamper the people of the South from experiencing uh, moving into the future. Moving but, into uh, the future? You mean like an RV? I'll get it eventually. I'm sorry, what, Jay? You mean like an RV moving into the future? <laughs> I just mean like smoking some weed and chilling the fuck out with all of their weird hatred and their attempts at Christian Sharia, etc. You know? I'd like to see I'd like to see a government in America that was really uh, into policing and regulating corporations and allowing individual freedoms instead of vice versa, how it has been. I'm surprised to hear that you're into a society that's all about policing. Policing corporations, meaning keeping oh, corporations from polluting us, cor- keeping them from, from people. Corporations are people. Or not. That's a, that's a, <laughs> one of many legal fictions that we're forced <laughs> to endure currently. Yeah. <laughs> And if the corporations are people, man, a lot of them need to be locked the fuck up. So how do we do that? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Any thoughts on this, Yaro? George. I mean, I really, you know, a lot of times I rip Ramble and Grant, given that we just, yeah, no no, no major comments. Nothing that's inspirational or groundbreaking. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It sounds like you can still get good money for California packs in Georgia, everybody. That's what it sounds like to me too. I'm with you on that, Matthew. I'm with you on that. But on, on, on that one, I have, I have one last final, final short little closeout story. And you know, t- tomorrow being Halloween, you know, we couldn't end the show without doing a very, very America's favorite prohibitionist tale. Project Sam special. Don't mix up marijuana edibles with your kids' Halloween candy, health oh, experts God. say. Oh, yeah, come Another on. You knew this was these. coming, Matthew. Say, Jermaine, on Halloween, oh. adults shouldn't take special precautions. Should, excuse me, adults should take special precautions to make sure children's candy doesn't get confused with adults' marijuana edibles. St. Louis Children's Hospital officials said some kids end up not only in the emergency room, but in intensive care after accidentally ingesting marijuana That's edibles. That's care, bro. And t- hold on. First of all, they're the... the, the, the they're the ones. They're the ones that put them in intensive care. So, nonetheless, uh, oftentimes symptoms don't show right away. It can be a couple hours," said Dr. Lindsay Klukes of Washington University Emergency Medicine, an emergency room medical physician. Kids can be lethargic. They can be confused. Honestly, there can be severe symptoms like seizures or have trouble breathing. I've never known of cannabis to cause a kid's seizure, but nonetheless. It also I didn't says, actually uh, help to see. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, Clucky's also, I love her last name, Clucky, C-L-U-K-I-E-S, said sometimes the effects of children eating marijuana edibles aren't immediately evident. And she also says you can be so altered that you don't protect your airway. You have difficulty breathing, she said. There have even been cases where we have to breathe for the child in order to make sure oxygen levels are okay. We've even seen seizures from accidental ingestions. The phone number for Missouri Poison Control Center is 800-222-1222. And so I guess parents, make sure that you don't give your kids cannabis candy on Halloween night. What do you think about this? Gives whole new meaning to secure the bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, I mean, first of all, it's a total waste of THC. Thank but, you. you know, this this delivery system edibles is 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 the hardest one in terms of keeping it out of out of the mouths of munchkins i've i've never you know it 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 does worry me because as we see these new markets come on especially new adult use markets and the can of curious they just don't some of them just don't understand yeah but the kid isn't going to drink an ounce of of moonshine out of the liquor cabinet but they will eat seven gummies cuz it I, tastes I, have, kind of sweet. I have i have i have a question yaro have you ever witnessed up there? I mean, you both live up there, up in up up in the north. Have you guys ever witnessed anyone giving out cannabis candy at Halloween to kids? No, nah, but I dude. think anybody would make a mistake. I don't think anybody intentionally would waste their stash or purposely have munchkins get inebriated. But I do think that we see edible yeah. issues. But if, time if, and if time again, hold on a second, but if but if they gave their if they gave away if they gave away part of their stash, okay, Yarrow, in in that scenario, then they would be giving a product that was not prepackaged. So and therefore, I don't think any parent should let their kids eat any unpackaged actual candy in the first place, no matter what it I is. Agree. Great, I agree. Great. And and dude, think about how long we've had weed food up here in NorCal, and nobody ever gets it. Like, yeah. if that was happening, I would be out trick or treating. I mean, like, give me that me, weed food. Tell me about it. You guys used to make those humble goo balls, all right? Those just like full of birds. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so Nobody want that for Halloween, exactly. bro. No, kids, kids ain't gonna eat that. They're gonna be like, "What the hell is this shit?" You gave me shit. I'm just gonna throw it at you and make a mess or something like that. The one I hated when I was a kid was the apple, bro. Like when people would give you an apple. Oh man, like for real, dude, an apple. That ain't that ain't shit. Okay, if you didn't if you didn't grow up a hippie and have to suffer through carob instead of chocolate. Oh no, I did, bro. Yes, okay. I had hippie parents as well. Yeah. There's, there's, there's trafficking of miners, landmines, and then there's carob. Okay, in oh. terms of worst things in the world, carob is right <laughs> below landmines. And anybody who has allowed or facilitated or made their kid eat carob. Should theoretically, there should be no statute of limitations on them being prosecuted, persecuted. And I, I think this is our, the, the beginnings of, of Tuesday morning's show. Oh, man, you guys, you guys. Thank God Carib has disappeared from that. And on, I'm on, with you on that one, bro. Oh, man. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of High at Nine News every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank yous to our audience and supporters for tuning in and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Huge thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Yaro, for tuning for coming on today. Thank you very much for spending your time with us. And thank you to everyone at home for spending your time with us. We know you could have been anywhere else. And thank you all for tuning in to High at Nine News. It is America's number one daily cannabis news show.